Welcome everybody. I'm going to call to order the City of Blue Ash City Council meeting Thursday, September 28, 2023. Can we all rise together and say the Pledge of Allegiance? Thank you. Jamie, will you please call the roll? Councilman Jeff Capel. Here. Councilwoman Jill Cole. Here. Councilman Lee Zerwanka. Here. Councilman Brian Gath. Here. Vice Mayor Pramod Javeri. Here. Councilwoman Katie Schneider. Here. Mayor Mark Serkin. Here. Seven present. Thank you. Do I have a motion to accept tonight's agenda? So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Do I have a motion to approve the regular meeting minutes of September 14th, 2023? So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Jamie, do you have any commu communications to council? There are none tonight, Your Honor. We are blessed tonight to have a report from an outside agency in the person of uh, Hamilton County Commissioner Denise Treehouse. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to speak. I understand I have three minutes, and I'm going to keep to that. Uh, I promise. Um, so I have handed out a menu of opportunity. Um, this is something that I handed out when I was first elected seven years ago when I did my 49 and 49. So I went to all 49 jurisdictions in Hamilton County, and I tried to do it in 49 days. It did not work out for me. I, it was more like 49 weeks. But anyways, I got it done. And so I handed this out just because I wanted to make sure that we were responding to one another in a partnership. Um, I didn't know that much about all 49 jurisdictions, and so I wanted to get know, know more about the uh, communities, but also be a partner with local communities. And so since then, um, if, if you remember the old one, and I don't expect you to, um, there are more opportunities on this than there were when I first started. Uh, we have tried really hard to partner with local communities to make sure that we can help you catalyze things that are important, and you know more than we do about what's going on in your community and what the important dollars um, would, would be used for. So uh, I'm going to give you a, just a quick overview of what's going on at the county. The house is in order. I'm here to proclaim. Um, we're doing pretty well at the county. Uh, we have stabilized our budget. We've got a nice solid reserve. It's over 15%, which I know everyone cares about that's in public service. Um, we did a competitive wage study at the county, and so now our employees are being paid competitive wages. Why does that matter? Because we're delivering services to your constituents and constituents all over the county. Think about JFS, think about the deputies, think about 911, those are our employees. And so we need to make sure we can retain and recruit quality people. And so the competitive wage study was part of that. Everyone's being paid a fair wage. And we also have a parental leave policy at the county and tuition reimbursement. So if anyone would like to come work for the county, uh, feel free. <laughs> We've become an employer of choice, and we're really proud of it. And the next thing on the list, and probably the final thing on the list, is looking at child care, which is keeping a lot of people from entering the workforce, and trying to provide either on-site child care or a voucher of some kind to help people uh, pay for child care. So anyways, I'm super excited about all of that. Um, it sounds a little wonky, but it has taken a number of years to get to where we are right now. Um, we have 
utilized and worked through the American Rescue Plan dollars that we got, got $158 million. Uh, remember, we were doing a lot of eviction <coughs> prevention. We were do doing a lot of uh, food relief. We were doing uh, a lot of vaccines. And uh, so we, we've gone through those dollars. We did prioritize housing, mental health, and youth services for some of those more sustainable dollars. Uh, but we are working through the very tail end of those dollars. Uh, we have to, as you know, you guys got some too. Uh, you have to spend them by a certain time, and so we will be spending all of our dollars. Uh, we are not handing any back to uh, to the federal government to be utilized by another community. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the partnerships. So um, I, I feel like I might know more than you do about this one, but I've got a list of how we have partnered over the last three years with Blue Ash. And so um, the big dollars have come through the transient occupancy tax. So over the last five years or so, you have received $3 million through the TOT for Cooper's Creek. Uh, and so that is a good example of, and I, some of you are more familiar than others with how all this works, but it's a really good example of how the county needs to partner with local communities. But in addition to that, you've got a small event grant uh, for a program in 2023. You've taken advantage of the Residential Recycling Incentive Program for three years in a row. Um, and so it's just an example of how these partnerships work. And I must say that while the dollars are being made available at the county level, and I was the one that um, instituted the re revitalization grant, which I understand uh, you will be applying for, um, it only works when you guys apply for the grants. So you have people working at Blue Ash, I'm looking in your direction, um, who are doing a really good job of taking advantage of some of the things the county now has to offer. So we appreciate the partnership because without you, you all, it doesn't work and the money just sits. Um, lastly, I just wanna, um, I always like to end on the Commission on Women and Girls. So uh, that was established back in 2017. I was the first woman elected to the Hamilton County Commission, and I had heard a lot on the trail about women and girls wanting to be heard and having their voices lifted in Hamilton County. And so we established the Commission on Women and Girls. We've been in existence since 2017. We've done a lot on domestic violence and pay equity, but most recently we were instrumental in getting a law passed in the state of Ohio it's not easy to get a law passed in the state of Ohio. I was a state rep for eight years, so I'm familiar with this. Um, but it's a challenging time right now. And so uh, we advocated to have no cost period products provided in schools for sixth through 12th grade. The key to the legislation was that the state would pay for that in the first year. So for the dispensers and for the products, think about um, toilet paper, paper towels, soap, it's the same kind of thing. And so uh, we advocated for that with others throughout the state. We got that and we got the $5 million allocation to accomplish that. So your school district should be applying for those dollars. And after that, it hopefully will be incorporated into their budgets. But it was a big victory to have uh, a requirement in the state of Ohio that all schools, public and chartered non-public, um, have to apply uh, for these dollars and have these period products in schools. So the girls were super pumped about this. Um, some of us are more familiar than others with the, the issues that, that exist there, but no girl should feel shame 
uh, for needing period products in school or have to go home. Many girls miss school for this because of this very issue. So anyway, uh, a project for the Commission on Women and Girls, and I'm really proud of the work that they did. So with that, um, I'm happy to answer questions. We're doing quite a bit in the sustainability space. We've got some big projects going on uh, throughout in partnership with the city of Cincinnati and uh, other jurisdictions. So happy to answer questions if you have them. But again, I just want to thank you for the partnership. Uh, thank you for allowing me to speak. Thank you. Does anybody have any particular questions? Well, thank you. One, one that I have, and of course you already know what I'm going to ask about. Is it about the stadium? Oh, good guess there. <laughs> um, so for the past about 27 years, we have had a massive wealth transfer in this county between everybody in Hamilton County giving money over to a billionaire family. The lease is going to be renegotiated in the next few years. Um, and, and just what I know that most county residents, myself obviously included, because I've come down so many times to talk about it, is uh, I hope that this commission will do what the commissioners did not do in the 1990s and make sure that we, whatever deal is struck is struck for the benefit of the residents of the county and not just for one billionaire family. And are there you know, tactics, things that the current commissioners are looking at to make sure that you'll be in a position to strike a good deal for the residents? So two things. We are doing an assessment of the stadium. We already have done one assessment, which is kind of the nuts and bolts. You know, where do you need to do waterproofing? Where's the concrete chipped? those kinds of things and then we have a master plan that looks at that stadium and says it's a public asset you all own it we we help manage it you own it and so that stadium should be utilized for more than football games um, you know a few times a year and so we're looking to redo the interior and exterior of the building think about activating some of the space outside in the plaza in particular and allowing the public to utilize their facility for more than just football games um, so events I mean Taylor Swift was just there that was a huge economic boom for us um, but but more than that and even high school games and also creating interior space where if you can't afford a season ticket um, and you're a young person and you're going to go walk the, watch the game and you don't mind standing and kind of being in a cheering section kind of situation, we should create those kinds of spaces to welcome more people into the stadium. And so that's on the list. So that's kind of the nuts and bolts in the infrastructure. The other piece is the financing and the lease that you refer to. Um, I am here to tell you that we are determined to get a better deal for the taxpayers than what was gotten in the last iteration. Um, as you say, it's up in 2026. Negotiations have started already. Uh, we have, are in co active conversation with the Bengals, and we look, are looking for a financial stack that's more than just the county. Last time, it, you know, over 95% was paid for the, by the taxpayers. We are going to be looking for a financial stack that includes the sales tax, which is in place, but also includes the, the team, the Bengals, includes the NFL, includes the state of Ohio, because that's what's happening throughout the country. And so we're assembling a team different look than we had last time with people that are expert in this and have negotiated deals throughout the country. So they can bring that expertise and that perspective into the conversation. So we're cutting a fair deal um, that's fair to the taxpayers and keeps the team in Cincinnati. So that's what we're, that's my pledge to you and we're working on it. 
two things I hope that you guys will look at is, um, since obviously the stadium upgrades and maintenance whatnot is, is not free, um, but then let's try to match revenues and expenses. So two, two ways I think that could help is one, charge rent. So if we own this, typically if you own a building and then somebody else uses it, that somebody else pays rent. So if we own the stadium and the Bengals are the primary tenant, they should be paying rent. And then also a ticket fee. Given that a significant amount of the people who attend the Bengals games are not from Hamilton County, but they're using the facilities that our tax dollars pay for. If we put a ticket fee on there, then it's kind of the first dollar in is coming from those people from outside the county who are actually using the stadium that day, rather than those of us who may be sitting on our couch that day, but not going to the stadium. So I hope those two things would be looked at because that's a way of getting revenues in without drawing on taxpayers and also but a lot of this is tactics as well. I always look at, at stadium issues going on across the country. And like one tactic that's used frequently, including around here, is the old, let's come in at the last minute with what we want to have happen, announce a fake deadline, uh, send in a whole bunch of letters from the Chamber of Commerce, Cincinnati Business Committee, CEOs, and then basically put the pressure on that says, you got to do this right now or else all is lost. Um, FIFA kind of tried that on you already. And I just hope that, that the commissioners are recognizing these tactics and being, doing so so that you can head them off and not be put in those positions again. As I said, the, the organization and the county are already, we've been in conversations for months now about redoing the lease. We do not expect to be up against a deadline. So okay. thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate your thoughts on yeah. this. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. For the Thanks 36 for hours a day you work for yeah. us. <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Okay, we're gonna move to hearings from citizens. If you wish to speak, please approach the microphone and state your name and address. If you have any materials to hand out, please give them to Jamie, our clerk of council. Please keep your comments as brief as possible, three minutes maximum, to allow others a chance to be heard. If your comments are similar to another speaker's, it's much more effective to simply verbalize that you agree without repetition. This is for us to listen to you and your neighbors. It is very unlikely we will make any comments immediately after you speak. We need a chance to reflect. Sometimes during miscellaneous business, later in the meeting, we do revisit an issue brought forward. The clerk of council will be timing you at three minutes. Uh, most importantly, let's treat each other calmly, kindly, and with respect. With that, my speech is over, Mark. My name is Mark Richter. Talk in the microphone if you don't mind. Can you pull can it hear up? you a lot better. Tall is that people. good? Is that good? So my name is Mark Richter. I own a, a number of buildings, commercial and residential in Blue Ash. I live in Blue Ash. I own a building at the end of uh, Red Hill, 9844 Red Hill. Uh, Derma, uh, or, or Quest Diagnostics is in there. And we're next to the immigration office. And the immigration office has exploded for some reason. And they keep parking on all the other property owners' parking lots at the end of Red Hill. Tim Reddick, um, the memory care, uh, Samuel, Samuel's products, and there, I have some pictures I can bring up to you, and it, they're just using all our parking, and it's not, it's not right, and the people who run the office, well, we're government, we're GSA, talk to them. We're gonna park wherever we wanna park, and they're all over the street, 
and uh, something needs to be done at, done done about it because they're using all our parking lots. So I brought a few pictures. If I you want to pass them, around yeah, let's give it to Jamie. So they're, they're, they have 13 parking spaces for visitors, and they probably have 80 people over there at one time. They're all, I don't know if any of you have driven over there and taken a look at it during the day, but it's a complete mess. And they just repaved um, uh, Red Hill, which is a nice um, thing to have done, but they're, everybody's parking on the side of the roads and the bike paths, and something needs to be done about it quick, because I don't want to lose any of my tenants over there. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. <clears throat> Tim Reddig, 9850 Red Hill as well. Uh, just want to reiterate what Mark said. And uh, yeah, it hasn't been too bad this summer with uh, the nice weather and that, but a concern with the winter, what's going to happen when uh, people have to stay more in their cars waiting because they don't have a uh, office to or, or any type of waiting room there so can't get the government to make any changes but just imagine the BMV where they wouldn't have a lobby for you to wait in which is the way the building is currently set up so it doesn't seem to be in a uh, have been thought through in terms of having all these people come to their office and they used to have parking in the back of the uh, uh, office building but they've sold that parking off and is now not available to be parked on so when that occurred, um, I don't know why that was allowed to uh, proceed, that they weren't able to create more parking when they sold part of their parking lot off. So that's all I have to say. Thanks. Thank you. Um, uh, topic change. Um, hi, my name is Bill Tucker. I live at uh, 9460 uh, Waxwing Drive. Um, last uh, February, when we had the uh, the work on Hunt Road, and uh, that barricade was opened up, and there was a lot, like, um, a lot of traffic issues, a very dangerous uh, uh, situation. Um, you know, having the gate open. Um, I've learned that the city of Reading is um, interested in pursuing, um, uh, I guess, um, uh, like regaining control over those vacated parcels um, like that the, the, that the barricade is on. Um, as, a, uh, like as a member you know, of, uh, like of Waxwing, um, like, you know, like in the neighborhood, um, I live on the street. Um, I'm also a member of the Waxwing uh, Beautification Association, which actually owns those parcels. Um, and I'm not 100% comfortable being, in a, you know, like being targeted by the city of Reading because um, they know more about the law than I do. So I was hoping to gain some information or at least uh, like a starting point or bring it up to um, um, like the council uh, to propose uh, like a potential ordinance uh, that Blue Ash could vacate, you know, the southernmost five feet of, um, of Waxwing Drive on the Blue Ash side of the barricade. Um, therefore, you know, maintaining that uh, the safety of, of you know having that uh, uh, that gate closed um, to traffic like not having a, a, th a through street um, when the, the, like when that area was uh, was constructed in um, in the um, in the early to uh, um, to mid 60s like it has always been a um, um, a, a, a cul-de-sac 
Um, the city of Reading at the time, actually before those houses were built, said, hey, we do not want this to be a through street because it is a dangerous situation. Um, so they vacated it to prevent that. I'm just looking for if it's possible, if it's something like that the city could, um, you know, like investigate or if, you know, like if there's something that I could petition um, to, you know, to create an ordinance, like I said, to vacate um, our side of the barricade. Um, speaking as, you know, like as a member of the Waxwing Beautification Association, um, I, I would be ecstatic if, uh, if we could, um, you know, like incorporate that in, into that, uh, the, um, the, um, into the nonprofit corporation's ownings. Um, that way the neighborhood could, you know, protect itself and protect our children. Because like I said, it's, uh, like, it's a very da da dangerous street to be a through street. And, um, uh, there, uh, there has been incidents over the last, uh, um, uh, uh, 60 years when that street has been opened, people have been hurt. Um, property has been damaged and I just you know like I said I just want to protect my, uh, my kids my neighbors um, and our homes um, so yeah, four seconds so I guess <laughs> basically <laughs> I, I just need to know, know where to start so hopefully you know I can talk to somebody um, you know, late, like later about it thank you thank you Th thank you very much There anybody else? Seeing nobody, we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to go to Finance and Administration Committee, Lee Zerwanka, Chairperson. Thank you, Mayor. Um, Jamie, please read resolution number 2023 60 by title only. Providing for amendments within the 2023 annual appropriation resolution number 2022 64. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-60. Second. Any discussion? So I understand that we have to approve moving the money into a fund before we can vote and approve on a project. And that is my right, Cherry. Yeah. And then if it doesn't get approved, it gets moved right back. Thank you. Correct. I'm still learning. It's a process. <laughs> <laughs> Any other comments? Seeing none, Jamie, please call the roll. Councilman Capel. Yes. Councilwoman Cole. Yes. Councilman Zerwanka. Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri. Yes. Councilman Gath. Yes. Councilwoman Schneider. Yes. Mayor Serkin. Yes. Seven yeses. That's all I have, Mayor. All right, we're gonna move to Parks and Recreation. Chairman Schneider. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Jamie, could you please read resolution number 2023-61 by title only? Amending resolution number 2023-42, authorizing the city manager to enter into a contract for design build services for the Blue Ash Golf Maintenance Facility Project. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-61. Second. So this one, as she said, is about the um, Blue Ash Golf Maintenance Facility Project um, and entering into that contract for services. Is there any discussion on this one? So can we, this is, um, raising what we originally talked about uh the initial budget up to almost about seven million so um we talked a little bit about some of the things that were uh design engineered out of this because can you believe it or not the budget came back or the um, estimates came back even higher than that um, so i just wanted to talk a little bit about that um, and some of those things um, 
it sounds like a lot of it was aesthetic things. Um, there was a little bit, and Brian, if you want to share a little bit more, I'll let you, I'm sure you can explain it much better than me. You're doing a pretty good job, Katie. <laughs> um, yeah, so as Katie has mentioned, um, of course, one of our jobs is to make sure we're as efficient as possible. Um, these are some trying times when it comes to construction. Um, but she's correct. We did pull out over the past couple weeks about a million dollars worth of VE. Uh, this is actually the second phase of VE that we value engineering um, on the project. We did that also as well when we finished our criteria design um, uh, plan. And um, the majority of them we pulled out in the past couple weeks do include aesthetics. There's actually 17 pieces, I think, that we ended up pulling out. The bigger ticket items, I think, that would you know maybe perhaps fall on your radar would be, for example, the overhangs on the building. One of our efforts was to make the building look residential as we can. I mean, it's you know it's not a 3,000 square foot house, but we even actually have the colors of the house and the siding that are on the house. I'm sorry, the siding and the the type of siding and the color is actually matched to the neighborhoods next door. Hardy board siding, we matched the blue color to Bentwood, et cetera. So that was important to us. However, when we started taking VE items out, rather than shrink the building or changing the program, um, overhangs in the building were removed. Um, the landscape plan was removed. Um, it, to us, it was kind of tough to justify when we're trying to reduce budget like that to, I think our original uh, budget for landscape was about $300,000 because we were trying to do our best to screen the building from our neighbors since we've tried to been could be good neighbors for quite some time and a lot of their concerns were our operations and being in a residential zone. However, the other side of that, it's kind of tough to plan $300,000 worth of landscaping for a building that has 35 landscapers in it. So we thought that we could probably put that in our budget for next year, carry on some of those and self-perform um, and save there. We removed curbing on the parking lot. Um, we also removed some stone columns from the front, front of the building and some stone veneer that wraps around the east and north side. Um, what I think what I just mentioned probably equates to about two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars, and those are the bigger ticket items that I think that would you know that you would recognize. A lot of the other ones are a lot of elements on the inside of the building, insulation, etc. So much of this building was designed around being neighbor friendly, and there are certainly more inexpensive footprints, but. Uh, the building still looks great, and it is an incredible improvement in aesthetics and in function and in noise. So. Brian, what's the timing of construction, and when do you think um, we might be able to self-install that landscaping? Yeah, actually, that's a great question. So we already started what we call the enabling process, which is mobilizing onto site, and the crew in fact, we turned off all the power and um, internet to the golf maintenance staff today, um, and they're going to be start. They're going to be living in trailers here really soon because this site is tricky. It's only an acre and a half, and we all have to be very cozy the next nine months um, together because golf maintenance still needs to operate and maintain the golf course while this building gets torn down and the new one gets rebuilt. So there's a lot of temporary um, elements taking place for the golf maintenance team and the construction team. So we would hope to, well, technically, we would just continue construction tomorrow, literally, um, and begin demolition within the next couple weeks of that building, bring in the tenting and, and um, temporary uh, means for the golf maintenance team within the next couple weeks. And our goal is to have this up and running for occupancy around June of next year. Um, Scott and Kate, our golf superintendent, of course, hopes that's sooner and sooner. And, and you know, I mean, he, he's, of course, they, they pretty much maintain 12 months out of the year. Believe it or not, there's years where they're still cutting grass in, Ju in January and December, et cetera. So. But because landscaping usually goes in at the end of a project, 
Correct. Sorry, I didn't you answer ask for that. Fully, in, yeah. I didn't fully answer your question. Um, if we are able to put some capital um, dollars in Scott's budget for next year, for us, really, to be honest, we probably wouldn't put that landscape in until next fall. Uh, it wouldn't be best because we'll be as busy as we are in June, July, and August to be doing that planting. That's just not the best time of year. So it'd probably be September, regardless if it ends up in this budget or in Scott's budget. The, the other thing that you mentioned that um, I feel very strongly about uh, insulation <laughs> costs money at the beginning, but you it pays you back for the next 20 years of the Correct. lifetime of this building. Yeah. And it's a whole lot cheaper to put in in construction than it is to retrofit. And to be honest, we'll never do it uh, if we don't do it now. So I, I would encourage uh, the administration to consider coming back with that $30,000 or whatever it's going to be, you know, take a look at it. I don't, I don't know what it is, but um, it, makes the, it makes the building more uh, usable and it reduces our heating and air conditioning costs. It's not air conditioning, but heating costs for, for uh, those folks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree and understand. I think we do have contingencies built into the budget, and if those contingencies are met, we probably would, because this project has been deeply VE'd, we probably would, instead of just, you know, in a sense, turning that back in, we would probably utilize some of that those funds to actually add in some of those VE items, and that could be one. So just to be clear, so what I heard about landscaping, because I think to drive home that point, we have been very careful about being cognizant of the neighbors, making sure that we're doing a great job, we've positioned the building, we're doing all of these things, and so it is, what I'm hearing is that it's okay to add that to the 24 budget rather than adding to this tonight, correct? Yes, yes, as mentioned in the memo, it's, a, it's an option for us, and obviously you'll have an opportunity to approve the budget, but you'll see it in Scott's budget, uh, the golf maintenance specific budget for this next year. And it'll probably be just landscape allowance and our team will do it in-house. Amy, could you please call the roll? Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilman Gath? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Mayor Sirkin? Yes. Seven yeses. Well, I have Mr. Mayor. We have That's not all I have. I apologize. <laughs> I have one more. Jamie, could you please read resolution number 2023-63? By title only. <laughs> By title only. Authorizing the city manager to enter into a contract for the tennis court repair and resurfacing project. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-63. Second. Any Third. discussion on this one? <laughs> What I just happened? have a comment. Um, this company has done work in our neighborhood, and we've always been really happy with them. So I'm excited they were able to take this on. I'm confused that this is going to be this fall or next spring. It will be very, very soon. In oh, fact, yes. that's why we're bringing it to you. Yes. Tonight? They're going to do it tonight? As awesome. soon as they finish our neighborhood first. Rusty oh. Schubert is in the tennis courts right now with lights on, yes. ready to go. He's waiting. He's got a rocky talkie waiting yes. to start. Okay. He's watching on YouTube, Mark. Yeah, uh, I have a few people waiting. At his house. <laughs> if it is next fall. Uh, Jill's correct. House. They're a great company. They've worked with us for very, you know, they actually have done almost the majority of our work that we've had in the 40 years we've had our courts. So we're excited to have them out. And actually, Rusty went ab above and beyond to find products that they can actually put down in colder temperatures so mm. we can do our absolute best to get this done very soon. Awesome. Mr. Cruz, I know this has been several times we've bid this 
uh, how did we finally find somebody or what, what was the magic that? So I think really the, the algorithm right now is that contractors are so busy. This is a niche type element. Uh, pickleball does not help because if you talk to Rusty and the, the folks that we've talked to, Rusty Schuber is the owner of the company. Um, but they are so busy with new pickleball courts being built and the, the economies of scale off of building new courts as opposed to just resurfacing old, I think is a little bit better. So when we put ours out to bid, you know, there's hurdles to jump through for public bid, et cetera. And these are a lot of, you know, smaller companies that are doing this type of work. And I just don't think it was appetizing for them this summer and finding Rusty and uh, Dan did a phenomenal job just pleading and <laughs> finally There's getting some whining, I think, too. Yeah, and, and truthfully, too, that season typically ends on October 15th because of temps, because that product has to be used in, you know, certain temperatures. But he was able to go out and find um, an alternative. And, uh, again, he's worked with us for a long time. And I really think he's just um, helping us out the best he can. Just so you know, this was our fifth try this year at trying to get these courts resurfaced. So thank yes. you so much. About how long does um, this repair last? This is, um, if, if you go back to last fall, we had a couple options. This is the, uh, the best that we can do. So this is the, actually the textile type um, rep crack repair, not the one that we've done in the past to get a year or two out of it. Um, we have the same repairs on maybe 10% of our cracks that are on the courts currently today that are 10 years old, Dan, just a head nod, eight to 10 years old, eight, eight years old today and showing no signs of opening back up, so, and and th this would be that repair on ninety five percent of our cracks and everything on the plane surfaces. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Make a lot of people happy. Jamie, could you please call the roll? Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilman Gath? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Mayor Sirkin? Yes. Seven yeses. <clears throat> okay, now that's all I have. Thank you. We're going to move to planning and zoning. <laughs> Vice Mayor Javeri. Jamie, would you read ordinance number 2023-07 by title only, please? Approving a concept planned unit development for 10.9 acres of land at 4300 Glendale Milford Road. Move to add up the resolution. Or ordinance 2023-07. Second. Uh, this is the, uh, we talked about last time and they, they presented the car condo coming on the 4300 Gelbreth Road, uh, Glendale Milford Road. And uh, I was, uh, I was the people with the, uh, in a retreat, uh, they were very concerned last time we talked about it. And I went to their home and they use lots of backyards because they all of them, all five of them. So I went and visit them and everything. So they just want to make sure that, make sure that the voice, the volume doesn't go up on no nuisance going on and all those kind of stuff. So I hope this continues the way you have told us. Also to be noted, this is a concept plan, and they will be back on further adjustments. Yeah, I know that. Um, this will probably not make the developer thrilled, but Mr. Rosie, um, a couple things when I looked at the property and how close it was, and 
obviously property owners have rights and the people at the retreat knew they were buying houses next to a commercial property. That, that, that's obvious and you, you know, you're allowed to develop a property you, that you own. One thing I wanted to float, two things. One was if, we, if, if the project was a little reoriented and you could move further away from the west side, either by eliminating, it looked like 10 units, three on the north and south <coughs> unit and the one on the middle, uh, four, you would give 175 foot space between the side of the condos and the residents' houses. Um, that would also leave the entire buffer as is. And I don't know if you'd have to add much more buffer if, if the buffer's left alone. The second thing was the cost of the access road. Um, this is not going to be a, much money coming in from taxes from this property because you're not going to have workers there other than cutting the grass and fixing the buildings and, and some pretty minor maintenance. And I would like the developer to consider paying the city back for the access road. So I'm just throwing that out there as a thing, you know, personally. So if you want to come up and comment about it, if that's a deal killer for you, if it's something that needs to kind of go back and be thought of, and then I'd love to hear from my councilmates. Chris DeBrosie, 2135 Dana Avenue. I forgot to do it last time. Um, I'll start with the distance back. So the, um, the existing foliage that exists is only about 50 feet on our property. Some of that is on their property. Mm -hmm. So if you remember last time, we, had, we were originally about 50 feet, we pulled it back an additional 30. So right now we're 80 feet, which is really 30 beyond the foliage that exists today from, from the existing tree line that's there. So th that's why we pulled it back, to give a little more buffer that we could plant more in front of. So, so it's 50 from, feet from the property line? We are 80 feet, 80 feet. currently okay. from the west property line to the start of the building. So our original proposal to planning commission was at 50. We moved it back 30 additional by moving by removing uh, four units back then. So that's on the distance. On the 300, just to give you a little background on that. Um, originally, when we came to the city, we had just been negotiating with True Staff. Remember True Staff? So. In our ask for that 300, it wasn't just for the vacant property. We had 66,000 square feet of vacant space in that existing building. Part, not the entire reason, part of the reason we lost the tenants of Lifesaver and True Staff was of the, their lack of ability to get turned left on Glendale Milford Road. So when we came here, we were 66,000 feet vacant. Today, we only have seven, I just signed the lease last week, so we're about seven or 8,000 square feet vacant. So the way we as the owners of the building look at it, you did get a good return on your investment because we, we filled the building once. <laughs> COVID, we lost somebody. We just refilled it except for 10%. Um, and there are probably gonna be about 400 workers in that building. So that 300 wasn't just for the acreage. It was primarily for the vacancy that occurred because of the loss of true staff and lifesaver. It looks to me like you could reorient the buildings a little bit and give the neighbors a little bit more of space. I've looked into these these clubs. This is not a loud group. This is a group that comes over, they rub diapers on their cars, 
they have some scotch and they watch the football game. Um, this is not the tuner cars that we're used to that are revving their engines. Actually, revving an unloaded engine is really not good for it. So yep. these guys don't have the expertise to fix brand new Ferraris. And it, it, that's just not what no. these type of car clubs end up being. So I'm not as nearly concerned about the, the sound issue. Um, but I just wanted to pick your brain about. So um, what, um, what was your ask exactly again? We were, we're about at 80 right now, plus minus. I'm sorry, the, yeah. the, setback, the setback. What was yeah. the ask again? Yeah, I, if, you, like, if you eliminate the 10 units, to me it looked like there were 78 units. And I know some of them maybe will be doubles and everything, but it looked like there were 70 units on the plan you gave us. And then that one building, the, the buildings to the west, first of all, I think they could be reoriented and you don't need to lose anything. But, you know, I'm not, the, the picture wasn't good enough for me to draw in there to see if it went more north and south instead of so much east and west that you could probably still get all those in there without and still give the neighbors more of a buffer and I know you talked about you're going to develop the east side first if this project even goes anywhere correct we are yeah. I mean yes yeah, so I'm more than willing to look at a rotation of it which would could push the detention basin over there and see how it, it would push the detention basin from really the south side over to the west side mm -hmm. of the lot. Yeah, that's in the phase two, and that is a phase two. We, we can. It seems like that, that might be appealing to the residents just to give it a little bit more space. Yeah, no, I and can. Especially if it doesn't cost you any units yeah. or, or a couple a units couple. here. This project's not going to be based on a couple, three, four units, yeah. No. Yeah, up or down. Yeah, nope. Yes. Well, I. One of the sorry, one of the things that was mentioned at the meeting was the the drainage and the concern about water retention. Are they going to be more? Will the residents be more uh, pleased with uh, water retention in their backyard than they are with uh, these units that are unoccupied most of the time? What are we not going to hear the same? You know, just a different concern. Looking at a water a water detention basin is a lot prettier than a building. As long as it doesn't flood my property and, you know, that, I mean. Well, it's going to be on the property anyway, either way. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. yeah from a, from, so from a detention perspective and runoff, it'll be controlled in the exact same rate that it would in either location, FYI. So they should not see any, th any difference in, in runoff volume. Yeah. While they were talking, uh, on the east side, you have a number one and number two. One is closest to the street. Are you going to do number one or number two on the east side? Are you talking about the, in the phasing of such? Yeah, entrance, nearby the entrance. The entrance will be, um, that's phase right one, right entrance? there. That is correct. So you're going to be starting with this or the, that one? Yes, sir. The, all those on the east side. East side? All yes. of them. All three buildings on the east side. Correct. The gathering area is 450 feet away from the residence, which is fantastic. I mean, that, that, that's great. And obstructed by a building that's 20-something yeah. right. feet tall. Correct. Cut these off. Yeah. Or Kelly, I, I haven't been through this enough to know. Um, certainly, Lee or somebody could, could say this. So uh, this, is, this is the initial plan. Uh, the, the process is if approval is granted, then you go back and do 
more detailed engineering and come up with some things. Would the would the HOA document be then it included in a final PUD or or we see that or so there there's not a requirement per the zoning code to include HOA documents. I mean we we can certainly ask for that if you if you'd like that as part of the PUD. I I, I would just uh, a lot of the things that uh, were listed as concerns by neighbors, uh, the developer gave assurances. We'll, a, this isn't going to be a problem, but B, we're going to make sure that that is dealt, addressed in the in the uh, HOA agreement. So I, I I would love to see that come back at the time that we, uh, if, if this is approved, um, that we would see this at a final. And our plan is when we submit the planning commission is have an outline, bullet point outline of the HOA addressing the items mm -hmm. that were of concern to the residents, just so we can put that to bed. Thank you. Well, it's a really interesting yeah, project. I had never even heard of this concept before, but when you start looking around, they're popping up everywhere. So uh, I just like to add to um, Mayor Mark uh, told that the house is on the back there, so where we are on the west side, if you just, instead of half, if you just take out one or two or three, two on one side and one on the other side, that gives enough buff buffer for those residents. It's possible for you to consider that also. Instead of going half or train the whole things, if you just reduce one or uh, three of them, then it gives more enough room for them to yeah. Each unit's about a 30-foot width, FYI. So we're 100 feet, or what, we 80 feet right now. So 30 feet would make it 110 if we eliminated four units. And then I still think you could probably get as many yeah. units in if you just put uh, the meadow on yeah. the west side and we're gonna, the south side. We're going to look at both, both, both options for sure to see. Because you're absolutely right. We may be able to not lose any. Yeah. But I, if it grading or whatever reasons it won't work we'll have to leave it as it is and see what to pull back i think that's an interesting idea to to reorient it and move the meadow um it would probably impact the gathering space because now you're going to have a long wall rather than kind of down but um so i don't know how that impacts although from our perspective, the residents' perspective, they would probably appreciate that because it might limit the noise even more. Um, but it'll, you know, reduce the ability to have large gatherings there. Um, but I do think that's that's interesting in moving that meadow as long as there, it doesn't cause issues like everyone has mentioned with more water or safety concerns. If that fills up, and you know, I think the retreat there's probably not a lot of young children, but we've just heard um, some concerns um, actually about from a woman that's over at the green school about that filling up and having young children and it being a big concern with um, children getting into there so just bringing that up that I don't know if there's fencing along there or something that could protect the residents and children from getting over into that detention um, if that's a concern there is. yeah it can be fenced so what's the correct way to, if we want to approve the concept with the changes, 
I don't think we know what the changes are at okay. this point. So, you know, if you're favorable, I would recommend approving the concept. The applicant has heard your request okay. and he's going to make revisions if possible before coming back. At any rate, there's a lot of work yet to be done. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, you have the ultimate hook because they don't build anything until the final development plan is approved by you guys. Okay. Although that raises the question, though, is it an absolute guarantee that the final development plan does come back to us? Would the Planning Commission not have the authority to approve it themselves if they really wanted to? They, they do. You're right. They do have the authority. Um, however, you know, past practice has been on bigger development items. They send them on to council, and I'm sure they'll hear this request and do the same. Okay. When they add the conditions, we can add them. I just need to know what they are. Well, you're, I thought you said we wouldn't do conditions until... I don't think you need to, but Mr. Capel is expressing a different view, so that's... Well, can so we do that council. one condition, that it must come that back to City back. Council before sure. final approval? That would be, that would be I'd one. Make that, you want to make that motion? Yeah, yeah. I'll be happy to. Uh, add I, to it. I, just, I move that the final development plan must come back to City Council. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Good. Aye. I'm going to add that as number four, right. writing it in. Okay. I, I, the other the other thing I would like to comment, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of like when you buy a new car, suddenly you see all that car driving around. I, I did notice that a, <clears throat> a similar alleged product uh, uh, was announced up in Mason, night and day different as far as insofar as the quality goes. Uh, it looked like a metal building with roll-up doors and uh, it looked like a storage uh, facility more than than this concept. This is a, a, a much nicer product and. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Do we need to vote on this? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I need a motion now on to approve the amended. So you reread the ordinance and there was a second, right? Right, but he made the motion. Amended, and, but we have to make a motion to now. You got to approve the amendment. You added the condition, but now you need to make a motion to uh, to do the amendment. Okay, the, uh, so I'm going to make a motion condition. to approve the amended concept oh, plan. There you go. I second which that. includes <clears throat> the item that the, four that, final development that city plan council must be gets the by, final development yeah, plan must be approved by city council. Thank you. Second. Can you call roll call, please? Are you ready? No, no further discussion. Someone usually calls for the roll call. So, okay. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilman Gath? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Seven yeses. Okay. That's all, Mayor. Good. We're going to move to Public Works. Councilperson Jill Cole. Thank you, Mayor. Jamie, would you please read resolution number 2023-62 by tile only. Authorizing the city manager to make payment for professional design services for the central signal system phase two. Move to adopt resolution 2023-62. Second. Um, this is just the design services for phase two of our traffic integration improvement flow pro program. So I'm pretty excited to see this um, moving ahead. Does anybody have any questions? Jamie, will please call the roll? Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilman Gath? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Seven yeses. 
Thank you, Mayor. That's all I have. All right. Dan Guthrie is going to give us an update on the aquatic operations and pool feasibility. I'm going to introduce Dan here real quick, just for in case not everybody knows Dan. Um, great night for Parks and Recreation, obviously, a lot of discussions and good stuff. And good news is, is that um, I'm going to be handed <coughs> off to Dan here in a second. You won't be listening to me. So uh, if you don't know, Dan has cut his teeth in Parks and Recreation at the Recreation Center. Started as a lifeguard when he was about seven years old. He's been here for more than half of his life. I consider him one of my um, uh, favorite people to work with in the city of Blue Ash. Nobody works harder. Um, he knows that pool inside and out, absolutely does. And uh, he's managed over probably a thousand guards over the past, how many years have you been here? Pretty amazing, he's only 32. I don't think it's still not yet. Here we are. There's the magic. Welcome to the joy of speaking at council. <laughs> if you can master the acoustics in here, you're all set. So I'm going to hand it off to Dan. When he wraps up, I'll pop back up, answer any additional questions. But we wanted to get you this information. We'll talk about a timeline at the end, which will make more sense as to why we're presenting and talking to you about this today. Um, I just wanted to also um, reiterate or just mention some of the costs that are shown in this grain of salt. I mean, we're a couple of years out before the pool is actually built. So these are today's dollar amounts made off of just a, a draft concept estimate. Um, so, you know, obviously we're not proposing any budgets today or making any approvals, but just wanted to mention that. I'll hand it off to my much younger and less gray weather <laughs> rec brother, Dan. Hello. Um, nice to get an opportunity to speak with you all this evening. Pretty excited to give you a little bit of an aquatics update, as Brian said. So I'll try and make this fairly brief, but um, give you some good update on our current aquatic facilities and some potential future options for them. So I uh, wanted to start by sharing just a little bit about our current facilities. So our rec center and pool grand opening um, happened in 1979. So that large main pool um, at the recreation center was, uh, was first opened in 1979. At that time frame, we had a very, very small children's pool area at the, at the pool. So in 1994, there was a children's pool built to complement the main pool. And that pool, we, we, uh, we call the whale pool. Nobody else, I think, called it the whale pool, but it was actually designed from the sky to look like a whale. Um, so that pool was built in 1994. In 2016, we came back and renovated that pool. So that pool was roughly 22 years old at that point. Um, and to what we now have is our current family waiting pool take us now to 2023, that main pool that has been here since 1979 has now experienced 45 seasons um, of, uh, of some great aquatic um, <coughs> leisure and recreation. So uh, that gives you just an idea. If you look at a typical pool span, um, just to kind of like Mason would be a good example. And pre-COVID, they built a new pool, and their pool was roughly 25 years old at that time when they did. So major props to our facilities team that helps us maintain that pool and our aquatics team that, is, uh, that maintained that pool throughout the years um, because we've really gotten a lot of great life out of it. Um, just a little bit about our aquatics programming at the Recreation Center. So our, our pool there is a family-oriented recreational amenity. And it has over 30,000 pool cabana check-ins a summer. And um, so just, uh, just to put that in perspective, we also have a main entrance to the facility and people come to the pool 
through that entrance as well. That's not including any of the people that come through our main doors. That's just pool cabana check-ins. So it's a highly utilized facility throughout the summer. Uh, we are able to offer swim instruction and recreation opportunities for our youth. So we have swim lessons that we offer annually. We've got a swim team that this past year had over 200 participants in it. And then we also partner a lot with our Sycamore schools. So eighth grade day is something they do where the eighth graders get to come out and enjoy the pool um, on an annual basis at the end of their school year. And then we've had some partnerships with their athletic teams throughout the years. Uh, something that I've got a huge heart for is lifeguard employment for uh, about 40 youth seasonally. This season it was 40 youth. Last season was a little less. But, um, but we typically get 40 to 45 guards a, a season. And it's uh, developing young men and women is something that we have a huge passion for over there. So we really love the opportunity to do that. And then we also have adult swimming and aquatic exercise options at that pool. So just a quick overview of what we, what we offer from a service community for the pool. So I wanted to speak a little bit about a potential pool renovation and why now. And again, in pool years, 45 years is a pretty imp impressive lifespan. I mean, he just called me his younger participant, but Brian isn't 45 years old yet, and he looks pretty white over there. So that pool lasting 45 years is, I, I'm, I think it's doing pretty good. So I'm in um, need of replacement as well. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple more years. Um, <clears throat> But I, I do want to reiterate that although 45 years old, it does have some aging facilities, our pool still provides excellent water quality and user experience. It's been very well maintained and we have great filtration in that pool. So our filtration system is very excellent, but it is very labor intensive. So just a quick share, our family waiting pool has a sand filtration versus our large pool, which has a DE filtration. It takes about two minutes to flush and clean that sand filtration system. It takes nearly an hour to fully clean the filtration system out of the pool. And that's done three or four times weekly um, with that filtration system. So, so just the labor intensive piece, and we would probably transition to some sort of sand filtration system in a new system. Um, we also have some water leakage issues throughout the pool, and that's been happening for some years now. Um, through our pool gutters and our piping system, um, we mitigate that and do our best, and some of that recycles through. But um, we do know that that, that gutter system, we've, we've opened it up and taken some look at it, and there is some leakage that occurs through there. And it has gotten progressively worse. So that's something that we want to look at in a, in a pool renovation concept, is taking a look at those leaks. And then just overall, we have an aging pool. So all of our components are getting more expensive to maintain on the regular. So every year we put a few more dollars dedicated towards making sure that we fully and properly maintain that pool and that it is, is safe and is a great, you know, not an eyesore to the community. So uh, I think we've done an excellent job at that. Uh, but it is uh, something to take a, take a look at because we do have an aging facility. Uh, so I'm going to take a look. We're going to take a look at some potential concepts that we, some work that we've done. Um, the other great thing about looking at this is it's an excellent opportunity for us to to re envision the space. So the what next? We've got three concepts that we're gonna, just going to take a quick look at tonight. We've got concept one, which is a repair concept. Concept two, which is a repair with a few additional features concept, and then concept three is coming at a new pool concept. So in concept one, that's the repair of the pool. We're actually looking at a PVC liner. So this would be coming in and putting in a concrete floor to the pool. We currently, it's an all aluminum pool. So we have an aluminum bottom of the pool with a gravel base. This would be putting in a concrete floor, coming in with a PVC liner that runs up on the existing walls. It would be replacing the, new gut the gutters with a new steel gutter system. 
10 feet of the edge of the deck would get replaced. Then we would get new fiberglass slides, and then we'd get a new filtration system within our old um, our, our building. So we'd use the same facility, but we'd put a new sand filtration system in. Uh, should be noticed that noted that the lifespan of a liner is roughly 15 years. Um, so after a 15-year process, you'd have to look at either relining or making another decision at that point. And uh, as Brian said, our projected cost at this point on this is is that that repair pool project coming in roughly $3 million project. So concept two is a, a repair of the pool and adding some new features. So it takes that same approach of the PVC liner, new concrete floor, replacement of the gutter. But in this, in this concept, we've replaced the entire concrete deck. Um, we've come in, we've added a, a, a new slide tower as well as new slides. And then we've added some additional amenities such as um, new diving boards, potentially some climbing wall um, amenity across the side of the pool. And we have also looked at a zero depth entry and, and redoing a portion of the edge of the pool. Uh, zero depth entry gives you a safer entry to the pool. You're not going down steps. So from a, a child aspect as well as a senior user aspect, there's there's some definite benefit to a zero depth entry. And then we've had, you know we've looked at adding some additional shade and some potential to have a, a small amount of water to have like a sun lounge and some things like that. So just try to add a few amenities into the mix. Um, those amenities and that and that change and giving a kind of a new face to that pool uh, with the repair comes in right around 4.5 million. So it's an additional 1.5 million to add some amenities to what we currently have going on. And then in concept three, we've re-envisioned the space. So in concept three, we've taken a look at the entire space completely differently, said let's come in with a completely new pool. And it gives us the opportunity to, we've got somewhat of a tight entrance right now um, that uh, it, it opens up our entryway a little bit. It allows us to put our concession stand and tables, position them in su such a way that as a parent, if you have young or younger or older children or children that are using both pools, it positions you in a central spot. Now we're looking at extending the guard area out a little bit, so that more centralizes our guard area. So from a safety standpoint, uh, it gives them easy access to both pools. Along the bottom there, you can look at the fact that uh, there's some opportunity to potentially put some rentable cabanas in, um, some space where people could get away and, and some shade and some parties, and you end up with some returnable revenue and with something like that. Uh, as we look at the pool, we've expanded upon that idea of zero depth entry. We've still, you know, we've looked at a sun lounge, we've added a few amenities, we've looked at shade over the water. Uh, we've also, over, over our COVID stretch, we tried out a little thing where we called it an adult float area. We separated and gave an area that was adults only and that was uh, um, separated from lane lines from the kids, and it was a hit. People loved it. Um, and uh, we'd love to bring a concept like that back. So this gives us the ability. We've got an adult float slash fitness area on one side of the pool that's separated by lap lanes. Um, so you're hitting different components and, and uh, different user groups. And then we reimagine the slide. So the slide as it exists today exits into the pool. So it requires two guards whenever you open that slide. In a reimagined guard uh, slide concept where you, it's got a run out, you, don't, you no longer have to guard the bottom, and you don't actually have to have a certified lifeguard at the top if you don't choose to. So it gives you some flexibility with a, with a slide concept like that and not, in, not going out into the large body of water. So we've looked at some options and some flexibility there. And then the other thing we've examined is looking at a new 
filter building and thinking about how that could be co-utilized um, for tennis. So if we were able to build a little bit bigger building out there, we have multiple facilities in the tennis area right now, and we could consolidate and put our tennis staff in a, in a little bit more effective space. Uh, so we wanted to kind of think ahead of that at where that building's positioned gives us a good opportunity to do that. Where'd my guy go? You want to talk timeline? Sure. So I'll explain to you a little bit as to why it's important that we bring this up to you now. Um, as you can imagine, constructing a pool, it, there's a very specific timeline to it because our goal would be to be working on that construction in the off season so we don't lose a full pool season. If we work our way back from Memorial Weekend 2026, which to us, with the bandwidth that we currently have today with all of the projects we have going on would probably be the earliest and most aggressive schedule that we could probably put together. Um, we would actually, between June of 2024 and December of 2024, be working on design. This would uh, very likely be a design <coughs> bid-build project. So we would then, in January through April of 2025, we would then have the project out on the street for public bid. We would then be working with that person through that time in hopes that they would start construction in August of 2025, work on that project through the fall, winter, and spring, and open up in Memorial Weekend of 2026. Um, what that means for us now, it means that um, in our um, budget for 2024, you'll likely see design fees. It doesn't necessarily have to be the entire design fee for the entire project, which is usually, say, 10% of the entire cost of the project. Um, you'll probably see us asking for the amount that we would need in order to build that bid set that we can then put out on the street for January of 2025. So um, that wraps it up. Any questions? Um, of course, keep in mind that these are concepts, and anytime we put a concept out to public, um, a lot of folks think they're kind of written in stone. There is a lot that would need to happen. Those are literally the extent of the drawings that, that we've put together. There's I just have a quick question. I wanted to make sure in all three of the concepts, the, the new ch newer children's pool stays the same? Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. One question I had was, um, so the last time that we discussed this in a council setting, it had been mentioned that if we talk about the buildings that are between the tennis courts and the pool, that if you did the tennis court and the pool at the same time, you can then have a more efficient solution for those the, the two building, or I'm sorry, for the buildings between the two structures. Yes. So of the three concepts here, which of those concepts would allow us to do it that way? I'm going to jump to concept three. Concept four. Is that what you're talking about? You want Jeff to unlock three. the new level? No, we can do concept three. Yeah, concept so that, three includes So this is two. the one. Concept three includes yeah. the, the tennis building. The other two concepts don't. Um, now, that doesn't mean that that couldn't be relooked at in a different concept, right? There, there is the ability to go back to that and say, we want to repair the pool, and we want to also build a new filter building that also <coughs> encompasses a tennis building as well. So there are some ways to work around that and do that multiple ways. So what you see there, Jeff, the larger building to the right, that is a new filter house in uh, the good. back side of it. It states the tennis. Pointer, so some, we can see what you're talking about. Oh, the pointer. Oh, yeah. There we go. I love this thing. Around point, uh, Mark. He loves it. He kept fire from there. Right there. Let's just so Okay. That way yeah. They can see the Makes whole thing. Sense. So here, let me show you, let me show you something. We, we go ahead and we've got this in here, too. 
Um, this would give you what this could look like if you envisioned it as an entire um, project that it also included looking at tennis. Um, so, you know, the re obviously the repairs that we're doing right now on tennis have a nice, lo nice long, long lifespan to them, but this is a, a, a potential option where we come in and we look at tennis. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Dan, if you go back to concept two. Two? Two and between two and three, you mentioned you're doing, because uh, I know it's an aluminum pool right now. Yes. And that's both one and two still, kind of, sort of? Correct. So with concept three, would you go all concrete instead of uh, vinyl sides? Yeah, we're not coming back with a with a vinyl side. You get a you get a new base, and whether that that's a, a concrete specific um, aggregate or something close to that, you'd be coming in with something looking like that. So it's more of a permanent fix than the correct. Setting. So in concepts one and two, you've got a concrete floor that goes in, and those aluminum sides remain the same. Right. And you put a PVC liner over the entire thing. So the reality is, is when in in a fifteen year lifespan of a PVC liner you come back in 15 years, you're also probably going to be looking at some work on those walls. Yeah, because <clears throat> my understanding on the, the vinyl, any kid poking or a nail or whatever, you're still gonna have leaks, okay? So I think, I like concept three, it's more of a permanent fix. On to that, if you're looking um, at like a 30 year life cycle if you add that vinyl back in you're not just talking about three and a half million you're probably really talking about four and a half million or five and as we dig deeper we can we can find that number so we actually know what a vinyl replacement would be um you know today we repair a lot of leaks gordon's guys you know have to do some welding every single year and as lee mentioned it wouldn't probably completely go away because you'd probably still be doing some dye tests and repairs on a liner depending on how it's getting poked it is a commercial liner though so it's not necessarily equivalent to the same one that you would have at your house, but again, you're correct, it is, it's vinyl. So concept three is really interesting to me because it adds a lot of, um, you incorporate the grass space, shade, it's a lot more welcoming, I think, mm -hmm. than just all that concrete. But it also, when you pulled up concept four and you include the tennis courts, it looks like you're pushing those back and adding more parking as well. <coughs> Yeah, it gives us the opportunity to line up the parking lot here um, and get some additional parking spots. Now, this would be as if, if, we, could, if we completely replace the tennis courts, and that, that's reflected in that cost. Pickleball courts are an option, of course, too. We probably would orient them this way. Um, in this image, it's shown this way. that It could go either way. Um, we're just trying to be sensitive to our neighbors, et cetera. Um, but yeah, correct. So this is showing brand new tennis courts. If we decide, you know, as Dan even mentioned earlier, it's kind of a la carte. Technically, if we're going to put a nice fix on our courts currently today, and they're in great shape when we do this project, you know, those courts can stay where they're at today. You can't add pickleball on, and these connections, sorry, these connections that we have here still will work. So that's an option as well. Our tennis courts are probably 40 years old as well, but, you know, the base of the tennis courts hasn't necessarily been as much of the issue. They're very flat. It's just some yeah. cracks. And I mean, this fix, I think is going to make them fantastic for quite a while. Hope so. Mm -hmm. What's the life? Have... I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's the estimated life of option three for the pool? If we're hearing 15 years for a liner, 
It probably we, not 45. But. We need to dig into that a little bit closer, but in, in general lifespan of most, of most of those pools when they come in is, is somewhere in the realm of 25 years is what, the, was what you'll typically hear in those conversations. In the timeline that you floated, is there an opportunity to look at some of these amenities? How, how would you get feedback on some of these amenities from, from the public? I mean, like to me, the cabana idea makes huge sense. We tried to have birthday parties and it's just really, really tough. The cabanas would make, you know, a, a great sense, but I don't use it as much as I used to. Um, is there an opportunity <coughs> to get more feedback on some of these things? Yeah, absolutely. Through our design process that we would be going through next year from June through December, we could do public information sessions, charrettes, et cetera. And then the only other comment that I have is, is the only qu other question I have is, is about the slides. Um, slides are extend the cool factor of this pool uh, to, a, to another age level. Um, uh, the slides that we have right now are <clears throat> kind of aggressive. Um, you know, it's not something that my four-year-old, that, that my kids liked when they were four, but they sure like it when they were 13. Um, these look a little bit less aggressive or less energetic or however you want to. Yeah, the 90s were wild. I don't know what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would encourage us to, to consider yeah. not taming that down so much that it's, it takes out that older uh, patron. Um, and then what I, it, I want to restate what I heard you say. Instead of going into a pool at the end, it goes into a runoff slide area mm -hmm. of small water or no water the, they got like soft padding or something i forget it's, been a while. it's, no it's just a chute really essentially <laughs> right until the water right onto the concrete if you go fast enough brian you go yeah <laughs> the first kid it's rough because he's got to get it wet but after that you just kind of slide. Yeah. And, and what's the response time for the ems then um, yeah. right very fast close. right next door um I, I, I like also what you're thinking around uh, the tennis and the pickleball. I mean, there's probably a way that you could put the pickleball where you want it to be later and still leave room, you know, because there's no sense tearing up a, a tennis court that's going to be good for several years. Sure. Um, yeah, we can do some feasibility yeah. on that too. Once our court repairs are done and we start looking at this, we will absolutely look much closer at the base and, and you know, be able to do some coring of those courts to see what that lifespan would be in the condition that they are when we're working on our design. And that's the same number of courts that are there now plus a dedicated physical ball. Correct. That's reflecting the, the same layout that we have today, yes. Well, they're both, concept three and four are really nice designs and it looks, especially concept well, those two, you've incorporated a lot what people want in pools. You know, when we were younger, you wanted sun everywhere, concrete everywhere, and that's just not the way people want to use the pools anymore. Now they so, want shade. Yeah, yeah they yeah. do. Mm -hmm. So, looks good. Anything else? PJ? When you go to, if you can go to over the um, original the one, one, yes. Number right. one? No, no, one behind. Right there. So right now we have a leaking on those two pipelines going out. That green and blue, those are the one is leaking? 
Our, our leaks, are the majority of them are underground and in this gutter system that wrap around the pool. It's actually uh, the gutter system that grabs water, takes it to the filter house, filters it, and then okay. brings it back. Those lines, PJ, reflect our current slides that we have today. Uh, the slides, that yeah. was okay. It, it, I did Hi notice. To so, the, I'm sorry, please finish. I thought you were. Um, what you showed me um, with the new uh, concept number three, do we have to move the those uh, tennis court further south or something, or are you going to leave it there where it is? You don't have to touch the tennis courts in they, Concept they, 3. They, can, they can stay where they're at. Yeah, Concept 4 was just showing the opportunity to gain extra parking because if you've, you know, a lot of you are aware, the summer in that lot is, you know, if we can get an extra, I think it's almost 30 spots in there, that would be beneficial. If you're already tearing up the courts, it makes sense to just line that up because it actually bumps out to that. It bumps out here today. So, so if we can do that, then... If we are leaving the tennis court as it is, and we adding those six pickleball, is there any way you can make all the way through and add two more? Because right now we have lots of people coming in the morning, and it's growing faster than mm -hmm. ever before. Yeah. So instead of six, you can make it a little more if it's not more well, expensive it, it, possibility. It's out there now, so. Okay. Yeah. That's all. Any other? The diving boards are are small on this. Do they exist in concept three and four? Three and four diving boards exist, yeah. Would we, I know this is concept, so you probably don't know yet, but in terms of square footage of the water space would probably be similar or it's hard to tell at this point? You're pretty similar, honestly. I mean, the way our pool, we're rectangular today, right? So we've got 50 meter length by 25 yard and we kind of do a little Z. Uh, you're pretty close on surface area here. We actually take some depth out of the water. I mean, our pool is 13 feet deep in our mm. deep area and deep well, and it does not need to be. It was that deep because we used to have a high dive. Um, so with a concept not, you know, not going for a high dive, we'd probably be looking more at like 10, foot, 10 feet of depth, which is may reduce our water that we have to filter a little bit, which is a positive, but all in all, we're ended up with similar square footage. I think you guys are thinking with even concept two, having that zero entry is a lot more accommodating to the community mm. and people with special needs and things like that. So I think, I think we definitely should consider at least that. Still competitive for the club, swim clubs and that kind of thing, as far as when they do their meets and that kind of yeah, so our internal swim team, when, it, when they do their meets, they use the 25-yard section, and that keeps that fully intact on that side and the ability to still have swim meets, et cetera. Cool. All right. Great. And one other thing, Kate brought up a good point, but um, in terms of you know, water volume, et cetera, and efficiencies, Dan has put together a nice plan here that actually does not increase the no amount of lifeguards that it takes to, um, to guard the pool. That slide helps me out there. <laughs> yeah, tried. I mean, we really tried to think about that, especially as we were doing these concepts and we were having, um, you know, staffing shortages. We want to make sure that you know we don't overdo it to the point that we can't staff it in the future. So, and, and the new land that we're bringing inside the fence, as it were, uh, for tennis in this case, or p tennis and pickleball, uh, that's currently open field slash a 
Uh, is there a backstop for a baseball, allegedly? Yeah, there's a ba small backstop for a baseball field that really does not get used. Um, in terms of bookings, uh, almost non-existent through us. We treat it and, and just you know take care of it throughout the summer a couple times, but it's informal use. Um, and yeah, in terms of how much that space would get used for pickleball compared to the baseball that uses it, it seems that'd be a great use of the space. But there's still plenty of room for your summer camps and, sure. and uh, yeah. hang out on the grass. Yeah, we're very lucky to have the space that we do back there. kite, whatever. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We appreciate Great. it. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you. Nice presentation. All right. Furthering on with miscellaneous business, Kelly. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I did want to respond Thanks. to the comments we heard during hearings from citizens about the parking challenges on Red Hill. Uh, both the police department and community development department have been working on that for several months. Our response from the federal government was about the same, the same that the neighbors received, and that was, eh. But the property owner has been a little bit more responsive, so we're hoping to make some headway there. Um, this isn't as popular, but of course they can always put up private property signage and, and tow those vehicles. You know, that's another option for them. But we will keep working on it and hope to find resolution. And I also wanted to give you an update on a few things that are forthcoming. So you're, um, you'll recall that you received a memo about the new park maintenance building. And um, I don't have any details for you tonight, but next month we'll talk about those two proposed locations and the, the pros and cons of each. And then also you previously um, were told by the city manager that we might be utilizing the Port Authority for the Mad Tree lease. Um, there's a lot of money to be saved by partnering with them. So next month, we expect that the Port Authority, they have to legislate that, and then we'll be bringing um, additional legislation to council to utilize them through that lease process. So our lease would actually be with the Port, and then the Port would lease to Mad Tree. So that's forthcoming as well. And then also, I just wanted to mention, um, David regrets not being here tonight, but he had to put down his dog today. So please keep David and Sue in your thoughts. Thank you. And Bruiser. That's a name. Julie. Gordon. She said nothing tonight. I just wanted to let you yeah. know, for the record. Uh, I also don't have anything, but I did want to quickly respond to uh, Mr. Tucker. Just want to let you know that um, we're not aware, I'm with the Public Works Department, uh, we're not aware of any uh, thoughts that Reading would want to open the gate or otherwise uh, remove the vacations. It's our understanding that they did vacate portions of their property to the residents. So I don't know of any process that would allow them to take that back, um, but I just want to let you know that. I can talk to you after the meeting. It's fine. Anything else, Brian? Nothing else, but I would like to just say thank you for all the continued support. It's an absolute blessing to work here with the support from council and admin that we do to be able to carry on some of the projects that we have and the facilities. It is just it's a great place to be. Thank you very much. Chief Theaters. I just wanted to remind council and the audience that coming up on October 10th, Tuesday evening is our open house at the fire department uh, from 5 p.m. to 7.30. So if you're available, we would love to see you come out uh, and uh, just support the things that we do. Thank you. Chief Noel. Sherry. Rachel, I see you out there. Scott, Dan, you good? 
Amy? Nothing, thank you, Your Honor. Councillor Pacheco. Wow, it's going quick. We'll go this side, Lee. Nothing tonight, thank you. Katie? Nothing tonight. Brian? Uh, for those that uh, were watching, I just wanted to point out that the, the applicant for the uh, Dittmer uh, PUD, that's the wrong name. Decima. Decima. Decima PUD, thank you. Uh, asked to have that pulled from the agenda. Uh, so it's not something sneaky that's going on. What, I, what their reason was is, is unknown, but one could uh, postulate that they saw overwhelming uh, uh, positive support <laughs> <laughs> for the project. And, and uh, <laughs> instead of having us say no to it, uh, they pulled it. But uh, if they want to bring it back, they'll have to bring it back uh, to us. And, some point. Um, uh, wanted to make everybody aware, um, if you're here tonight, then you're obviously a, a citizen that uh, wants to pay attention and know what's going on. Know that the Sycamore um, uh, School PTOs are having a candidate forum for the Board of Education uh, seats that are going to be open in November. There are two seats uh, that will be filled from five candidates. So I encourage you to consider um, joining that forum at 7 p.m. at Sycamore High School. It will be live streamed or you can go in person. What date is it? What was the date? Yeah. It is uh, the 19th of October. And it's at the high school? It's at the high school and a in room number that I okay. makes no sense to me. Um, but uh, I'm, I figure I'll find it. Follow the crowd. Follow the crowd. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Jeff. Oh, I got small. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you want Jill? It doesn't matter. Go ahead, Jeff. I try to change it up. I try to change it up. Because I have nothing either way. All right, Jill. <laughs> Just a quick little thing. I before I had them was um, here tonight. I went over. I was over at Summit Park, and there was a great event there. It was the GMC cross country invitational and I, it was just an amazing event and makes me so proud that we have this wonderful amenity and can share you know this great event with the whole community so it's very exciting to see all the young athletes really uh, and, and enjoying their their invitational so that's all thanks vice mayor Javeri. Uh, i have a few things i just good good news i have remember in a, we had a Roundabout nearby on a peppermint lane and Reed Hartman. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard anything about it. Um, it was a um, Alan Weber, your friend. We had a meeting yesterday, and uh, he came and talked to me. He's a good uh, resident, a good constituent of the our peppermint farm. He always has a volunteer for so many things. But also he mentioned that one time he was waiting for the light to turn green. He went in, but there was a one car coming speed from Plainfield Road to Reed Hartman Road and he barely missed it. And after that, we have this roundabout. He came and told me that I was completely wrong about Now, whatever we have, it's working out very good, and I'm very happy with it. So that was very good news, that people really beginning to like it. They don't have to stay there, wait out there. So that was the 
good things uh, I heard about it. So that's awesome. Well, I have a trophy for him then because the first person who said they admitted that they didn't like the idea until they started using it, I have two trophies and I still have two trophies. So I'm going to give it to Dr. Weber. Um, everything that I was going to talk about has been covered, so I would take a motion for adjournment. So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you, everybody.